Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Greg Brennica with us, Ph.D., staff scientist, cosmochemist at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Back in 2014, he received a prestigious fellowship from the Alexander von Humboldt Foundation to study their early solar system at the Institute for Paleontology in Germany, where he led the solar system forensics group for five years. He has researched, appeared in science, nature, proceedings of the National Academy of Science, his book we're talking about tonight is called Impact. Greg, welcome to the program. Anyways, tell me about your career. How did you get into this? Uh, I got into it uh, just as kind of a normal geologist. Uh, I was a uh, you know just a, a, a normal undergraduate student doing doing geology in Missouri, and uh, you know ended up taking a, a cosmochemistry class when I was in graduate school, and and kind of found out about meteorites for the first time in my life, and I got hooked on them. Good for you. Well, we're going to talk about meteors and meteorites and what they have done. Do you believe they have seeded all over the place? Uh, as far as all over different stellar systems? Yes. In, you know, around the galaxy? I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, I think, I think that's one thing that is really interesting about you know, how these, these rocks form and, and how all the biologic precursors form in them, uh, that, that it raises the possibility that they could be seeding you know, the ingredients for life, at least uh, in a lot of different stellar systems. Exactly what are meteors, and they're different from asteroids, right? Um, yeah, so an asteroid is basically a, a floating rock in space. Uh, a meteor is something that's crossing through the atmosphere of Earth, and then a meteorite is something that's landed on Earth. Now... So it's, it's, all the same, the same objects, just different points in its career, as I like. I saw a picture in your book, Impact, of two little boys sitting on a meteorite. This thing was huge. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty large. That's a pretty large one. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> now, what are they, they made out of? Sizes. They're made out of iron, and what other ingredients? Well, uh, they they come in a lot of different varieties. So the one that you were talking about is made of, of basically iron and nickel. Uh, so it's an iron meteorite. It's like the core of a planet that, that broke up. Uh, we also have meteorites that are made of basically just kind of conglomerated dust. Um, so dust and ice from all around the outer solar system basically combine together. Um, and they, you know, kind of fall apart in your hand in some cases. So they, they, they come in all types of, uh, of, of varieties. How big are they? Uh, again, they, they can, you know, the, the first meteorite uh, that really we know about that hit Earth was about the size of Mars. Um, so, you know, Jeez. they come, they come quite large. Yeah. That's what, that's what formed our moon. Uh, and then of course they come very, very small with, you know, size of, of, of pieces of sand and smaller. So we get all, all sorts. I have heard ancient stories of an object that hit the planet. It was almost like another planet, they said. So that could have been it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it flash melted earth and, and, uh, we ended up basically forming the moon out of a bunch of rock vapor. Um, so it was, a, it was a pretty big deal back in the day, yeah. <laughs> four and a half billion years ago almost. What do you think the asteroid belt is, Greg? Uh, what do I think it is? I mean, it's it's basically just a kind of a, a grouping of a bunch of uh, failed planets and things that didn't really uh, get large enough to become a planet. Uh, and they're basically formed from all around, uh, you know, inside the solar system as well as kind of the outer solar system beyond the orbit of Saturn. Uh, so everything's kind of swept up into one one belt. But meteorites primarily are from a larger mass that just blew up? Yeah, so most of the time, so we've got, you know, a lot of different 
things that are kind of floating around in the asteroid belt, and occasionally they run into each other and, and knock bits of one another off, uh, and they will then get shuttled to you know the gravity well of the sun, and sometimes the Earth gets in the way, and that's that's how we get lucky and, and get these meteorites. And uh, you know, people have talked about the panspermia, the ability of these meteorites to seed planets all over the solar system or wherever they may be. Do you think that's what led to life? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to say what led to life. I, I think that is what led to all the ingredients being present for life to develop. Uh, I, I certainly am not in the camp that life rides on meteorites. Uh, you know, you don't have, uh, you know, bacteria or little worms that are on meteorites and then go seed around different planets. But I do think they bring the ingredients that are necessary uh, to then kind of have life start, however that may may be. Now, let's also talk about some of the strange things that you, you uncovered writing the book and doing your research. Anything that just knocked you off your chair? <laughs> yeah, actually quite a few things. Uh, I was really surprised on how much uh, influence meteorites have had on various religions, uh, you know, various warring cultures. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, the Romans actually worshipped a meteorite uh, for a while. In, in their history. And, you know, the Romans are definitely one of the most well-known and, and uh, you know, successful cultures on Earth. And uh, I had no idea that they were worshiping a meteorite as their prime deity for about four years. Um, so I found that to be pretty interesting. In the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia, there's a, a huge black rock. Is that part of a meteorite? It's possible. Um, a lot of stories suggest that it, you know, certainly came from the heavens, uh, which is can be difficult to parse. Um, but what, you know, kind of, if you look through the, the historical literature and then kind of what the rock actually looks like, more than likely it's something that was ejected from a meteorite impact. Uh, so it's not probably a meteorite itself, but it's something that was kicked up after a meteorite landed on Earth. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's definitely meteorite related though. How uh, often, not Greg? Sure until we can really break off a chunk and, and measure it. How often are we getting bombarded by meteorites? Oh man, we get we get over a hundred tons of extraterrestrial material every day. So a hundred tons all the time, uh, which you know is is a lot. That's I like to think of it as like seventy five Volkswagen Golfs every day. Um, but luckily, they're they're in much smaller forms than a Volkswagen Golf. Most of it's, like I said, sand-sized particles and things like that that are hitting us. When we when we see uh, shooting stars, basically in the atmosphere, that's a, that's a grain of sand meteorite, isn't it? That is exactly right. Yeah, that is exactly right. Why? Do, how could they be so bright? Uh, they're coming in really fast, <laughs> and they're they're burning up pretty hot. I mean, they're about forty times the speed of a bullet. Uh, and then they basically have to slow down as they enter the atmosphere. And, and uh, particularly when they're, they're small grains of sand like that, they melt, uh, and you get that kind of flash of fire that you see as a, as a little fireball. Well, with 100 tons a day of this material coming down, has anybody been hit or some house or anything like that? Yeah, there's been quite a few houses. There's been a car hit. A mailbox was pretty well destroyed. Uh, there's only been two people that have actually been hit by meteorites that have been really confirmed. Uh, you can look through the historical records, and, and maybe there's some more, but but only two people we can say for sure were hit, and actually both of those people lived, uh, luckily enough. And, and, you know, both of those meteorites actually bounced off something else before they hit the human. So we got, you know, those people got really lucky on that. I bet they were still pretty hurt, though, huh? 
Yeah, one one woman had a really massive bruise on her side. She was taking a nap uh, in in the middle of the day. Oh and, my god! And had a rude awakening, I guess to say the least. I mean, what are the odds of getting hit by a meteorite? For crying out loud, <laughs> they're pretty low. They're pretty low. I mean, a lot more people get struck by lightning, um, and there's a lot of other things to worry about in these days. And these times, you know, days right now, um, so they're they're pretty low. Well, I assume if there's one the size of a baseball, for example, if it hits you with that speed coming in. You're gone. Uh, yeah, that could be a problem. That could be a problem. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But luckily, you know, they they don't happen that often. Um, and, and, you know, we're not that big as, as a, you know, as humans, I guess. We've been trying to track asteroids. Are we tracking meteors and meteorites, too? Um, well, I mean, we do, actually. So there's a really interesting bit of research that looks, uh, they have kind of like all-sky cameras. Uh, and they basically, when you see a fireball, um, a lot of the cameras will notice this, and you can kind of triangulate where it came from and then go find it on the ground where it landed. So we, we do actually, not only are we tracking things in space, we also track them as they enter the uh, the atmosphere, and then that allows us to kind of go collect them while they're fresh. So I think that's a really cool use of, of technology that has, has kind of started in the last 10 years or so. And there seems to be patterns to meteorites, right? We have the meteor showers, different meteor showers there. Yeah, we have we have meteor showers. Those are, I guess, more of kind of dust clouds that we're passing through, um, and that's why they're kind of predictable. Uh, there's less predictability for meteorites uh, because most of them are kind of dark objects that are very small that we have no idea are coming uh, until they arrive. So for the for the really small ones, the dust clouds that we that we have these meteor showers, uh, those are a little bit more predictable. But for meteorites, we're just kind of guessing. Um, you know, they're just kind of happening whenever. There have been some wild explanations for what meteorites are and uh, have been throughout history. What are just a few of them? Um, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of uh, a lot of, of interesting theories. You know, even even some of the great minds of, of science. Uh, you know, Newton and, and Aristotle um, kind of didn't didn't believe that meteorites either existed or were objects from space. Um, you know, some people thought they came from volcanoes on, on Earth or maybe volcanoes from the moon. Um, but probably my favorite is the Aztecs actually thought that meteorites were, were poops from the gods. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the holy crap, if you will, uh, you know, coming in the literal sense. Or big birds. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very large birds. <laughs> you would not be surprised if we got walloped by a meteor, would you? Um. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I like to think there's a lot of lot of smart people with some good telescopes that are looking to uh, find the big ones, but it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility that we'd be hit by a significant one for sure. How big would it have to be to create a massive tsunami if it hit the ocean? Right, um, not not huge. I don't know. Uh, some of the listeners may be familiar with Meteor Crater, uh, which is in northern Arizona. Yeah, um, I mean that's a, a massive hole in the ground. And, uh, you know, you kind of think about how much energy it took to, to create that hole. Um, you know, something like that hitting land uh, is, is only the size of maybe a city bus or maybe a little bit larger. No. So it doesn't take that big of a meteorite to make an, an absolutely incredibly large hole. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.